Hello everyone, Anthea Durand here. Welcome to my podcast, Ancestral Wisdom and Evolution. Welcome everyone to this latest episode of Ancestral Wisdom and Evolution podcast. I'm really pleased today to have Nanette Sanderford with me today. So from a young age, Nanette has been connected to the spirit world and has lived her life in spiritual openness. In her late teens, she began to explore different practices and began to practice Buddhism and yoga. She then went on to develop further her skills and train with various spiritual teachers in different practices. Through these practices, she began to build a strong connection with her guides. And as she dived deeper into the connection with her guides, shamanism began to call her. When she connected to this ancient tradition, she knew she had connected with a tradition that she really felt connected to. She has also spent time sitting with the plant allies to deepen her spiritual practice further. Nanette is very much a modern medicine woman. Welcome, Nanette. Thank you very much, Anthea. Thank you for the intro. (laughs) (laughs) So, Nanette, what motivates you about your spiritual path? Yeah, I I guess that's quite an interesting question because I mean, you mentioned a little bit in the intro, and I think maybe um, my my spiritual journey, I mean, I was raised religiously, but my personal spiritual journey probably been on for about 20 years now. And I find that as I've been developing um, or going down different avenues, I might have times where I take like break from the spiritual journey um, or think that I'm taking breaks and it kind of like just calls me back automatically so it's almost like something that I can't um really escape I feel at this stage um so I'm quite lucky and fortunate to be in a position where it kind of naturally flows through me um but the actual the spiritual work that I do and the kind of um yeah like you said the motivation is about the external it's about the the other people that I'm surrounded by so I do feel like um, you know, you meet many people on the path and they've got different assignments, I believe, from the universe. Yeah. Um, and I, yeah, I definitely feel like my part of my assignment is to be there to support others and um, to help others through the human process. And especially living in the age that we're in and the world um, that we're in as well. So those, yeah, those are things that kind of like keep me going and, um, yeah, keep me interested and keep me kind of. Um, excited about this kind of work that that we do so yeah so it seems you're very much aligned with um yourself and how you're guided from what you're saying yeah I'm very I'm the type of person who's quite like self-reflecting um I, I met I met someone new um a couple of weeks ago and he really picked up that I was quite philosophical and I kind of thought you know that's quite interesting it's kind of something that people are kind of seeing from the outset so yeah I like to kind of um reflect on on myself and my practice and I, I'm the kind of person who kind of questions everything um so you know even if I'm learning something new or if I'm practicing something I kind of um after a while I'll take a step back reflect on it to see if it is actually aligned with what I'm supposed to be doing and whether it reson- continues to resonate with me and if it's something I should continue to do. Um, so, yeah, that that is a massive part of my practice, um, self-reflection, definitely. Yeah. That sounds great. So, as I said earlier, shamanism really um, has drawn you, you f- really feel in resonance with that. So could you talk about shamanism as a way of life? Mm. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So, I mean, there are a few things that I practiced, but when it came to my shamanic practice, that was something that really did uh, draw me in the most. Um, it feels the most natural um, 
to me as well. So yeah, it's it's a it's a practice that I I you know, I really do feel like there there are many avenues to the spirit world and there are quite a few um, you know, people that I've met along the way. Um, and they've got their own practices and their own things that they kind of uh, call on that gives them the same effect that the the shamanic practice gives me. So, for example, um, I, I've got a friend who's a musician, and the way that he describes it is that music is something that, yeah, it's indescribable, and it's something so vast, and it creates such emotion, um, takes you in so many different directions that, you can't explain it, but it it's um got a magical hold over us. And that's how I feel with the with the shamanic practice as well. I feel that it's just something that I um I naturally kind of resonate with. Um and another example as well, I was watching I, I'm quite into I mean, I'm a born and bred Londoner, but I'm quite into um surfing. So I've been watching documentaries uh, <laughs> about surfing. Not that I can surf. I've been watching documentaries about it um, and the most recent documentary I was watching was about these sort of young women, so sort of late, late teens to early 20s and they just kind of are really, um, they don't talk about it as a spiritual practice but the way that they reflect on it and the way that they um, feel it was in their lives is the way that I feel about shamanism. So one girl, for example, described that when she's riding the waves, it's like she's a channel for the energy of the ocean. And I feel like that with the with the shamanic practice. It's like um, I'm a channel for the spirit guides or I'm a channel for great spirit bringing down information and, um, uh, yeah, useful tips or useful ways to for people to live their life Um you know, sometimes it's called like the hollow bone, isn't it, in in shamanism. So that really is something that I I feel um deeply within myself. Um but yeah, it it's it's kind of something that happened organically. It wasn't decided that I would predominantly practice the shamanic path. Um it you know, some sometimes it takes a while for people to navigate and find which path is right for them and I've tried many we kind of live in an age at the moment where a lot of us are um, less religious and there's so many options and you know especially if you, when you're living in the western world you, and you've got the internet you've got access to so many different things um, so you can practice loads of different things and I've done that and there are many things that I've still that I still hold on to um, but with the shamanic uh, practice that is something that I always keep coming back to um and I've done some sort of like um past life regression work for myself on myself or others have practiced it for me um and the lives that I've seen in the past has always been in um an element of this resonating through it throughout it so it's um I think that's probably why it comes quite naturally to me it's um something that just already within my uh, DNA or within my being. So it's um, part of my path, the shamanic, the shamanic practice is definitely part of um, my path. It's not, a de- it's not a decision really for me. It's just a way of being, you know. Yeah. So what is, can you describe one of the shamanic practices you do? Is it about journeying or how, how, how do you yeah. your shamanic practice? So I've had a couple of um, shamanic teachers, including you, and I've learned lots of different things over the years. And my, I, I in the beginning, I was picking up things here and there, trying different things, um, using different techniques for specific uh, things that I was going through or specific things that I wanted to explore. But really the practice that I now keep coming back to is the journeying. So listening to drumming, or listening to, or maybe it might not even be listening to anything. It might just be sitting in silence, but it's the shamanic uh, journeying and going either to the upper world or the lower world, um, depending on what it is that I'm navigating or what it is that I'm, um, yeah, working through or exploring. Um, so, yeah, the, the shamanic journeying is definitely my my predominant practice with, within the shamanism. Um, 
And for example, like um, a lot of shamans use drum. Um, and I'm not a shaman who actually personally uses a drum myself. I use my rattle. Um, I use my breath. I use um, nature quite a lot. So there were different um, avenues that, I, that I've taken. Um, but yeah, it, it, and that's kind of something that I love about this, this practice in this world. It's kind of, it's very vast, isn't it? Because, you know, it's, it's a tradition that comes from every culture on this earth. And you can find common threads when you look at it from the different cultures. And you can feel the ones that resonate with you and the practices that resonate with you. So, um, yeah, definitely the journeying is something that I that I use a lot. I'm quite into using candles. So when I work with candles, um, I tend to use it as an offering. So it might be to the ancestors, to my ancestors or the communal ancestors, uh, to the spirit guides in general, the ones that are assigned and look after me in general. Or it could be for specific spirit guides. So if it's my spirit animal or um, a spirit guide that's kind of been assigned to me and kind of supports me and throughout, it might not even be, I mean, I'm using the word support, but it's just kind of a comfort and someone who's there with me. Um, so if I want to show gratitude to them, if I want to connect with them, candle work is, is something that I, I use quite a lot. So the way that I do it is I, I write on the candle with my fingernail so that I am actually kind of connecting myself to the candle. I'll also sage the candle as well because, you know, um, you know, buying it from a shop or whatever, you don't know um, what the what it's, journey it's had to get to the shop. Um, and then, yeah, so when I'm, when I'm doing the journey to the upper world or the lower world, I might light the candle and have it burning while I'm connecting to that spirit guide. Or it might just be, I'm going about my everyday life. I'm doing something around the house, you know, doing the washing up, doing the washing my clothes, whatever it might be. And I've just got the candle on in the room as like an offering on my altar to um, the spirit guide or this particular spirit guide who is actually, um, yeah, that I'm, that I'm focusing on. Um, so yeah, those are a couple of the things that I kind of practice, but yeah, definitely the journey is the main thing for me. Um, yeah, people, people kind of connect with what they feel is best. I know some people who really struggle with the journey because, you know, um, when you do the shamanic journey and sometimes it's, um, the messages can come in, you can hear them. Sometimes you can see them. And I've known when I was studying and when I was practicing, there were quite a few people who, um, in the beginning, didn't have the visual when they were journeying. Uh, and actually, in fact, for me, that's kind of changing recently. I'm not having so much of the visual. It's more of um, an overall feeling and also sometimes an audio as well. So I do sometimes still have the visual, but not as much as when I first um, started practicing. So, yeah, it's definitely something that, if people are struggling, I would definitely say like to to keep doing because it, it is. I mean, it's called practice for a reason. You're trying to cultivate something. Um, so so yeah, I do I do find that it's um yeah something that you just kind of have to navigate for yourself. What resonates with you, and um, I would say don't don't put don't put it down if it's not working in the beginning. Like keep keep trying. Um, so, yeah. <laughs> so um you started talking about connecting to the spiritual guides so how did they mm. help in your everyday life this by connecting with your spiritual guides yeah so it's kind of funny because um you know like living in the in this current modern uh, contemporary world it could be very easy to walk through life without the spirit guides or not even notice that they're there um and I find for me on a personal level the way that I've worked with them is always in uh for my spiritual health and for my mental health my emotional health um they are um 
I mean, I, I'm I'm also a Buddhist, so I'm a practicing Buddhist, and I find that it's like two sides of one coin. So the Buddhism is kind of helps me with the um, kind of like my intentions and my goals for moving forward in life, and the shamanism kind of helps me to connect to my true self and anchors me down in that kind of sense. So when when you're working with or when I'm working with the spirit guide, they're like massive anchors for me. They really do just kind of um, help me to remember who I am mainly, to remember what my path is, um, and also just to kind of like um, calm me. So it kind of, you know, so, say for example, if something's happening in life, if I'm... Um, stressed out about something. Um, I'm in a situation where I'm not enjoying it. <clears throat> what I find really good to do is just instead of going into sort of like a manic mode, I just kind of sit quietly. It doesn't even have to be like a proper journey, but I sit quietly, take some peace um, for myself and connect to my spirit guides. And I'll ask them, I'll see if there are any guides that kind of want to come through and come forward to help me, support me in that specific thing. Or even sometimes it can be like a massive comfort. So I'm a big believer in um, spirit animals and how they kind of are assigned to us and have been with us through all lifetime. In this lifetime from birth, whether you recognize it or feel it or not. Um, So the spirit guide is really there to kind of reflect your mood back to you. That's how mine kind of manifests. And he's very, um, a massive uh, comfort for me. So if I'm sad or if I'm struggling, it's just, um, and yeah, I, I think I said before, like an anchor, it's just a place for me to kind of settle down with a loving being and a familiar being who's going to kind of, um, help me through that process so I mean spirit guides do so much for us and I think that's why I love the work that I do because it kind of you know reintroducing people to their guide because sometimes you know there have been occasions where we might forget that we've I mean in modern society or western society we're not naturally raised this way we might be raised in um, traditional religion or we might be raised um yeah non-religious or non no kind of spiritual background so sometimes um it like a reunion when you realize that you've actually got these spirit guides and the spirit animals and who've been there since you've been born kind of supporting you throughout throughout your life um so yeah I find that massively they're very key to me in my practice um I've come across other people who um the spirit guides aren't necessarily the main um, source of the shamanic practice, but personally for me and the way that I work, that's what my my main focus is. So even, for example, if I'm doing like past life regression for someone, I will still call in their spiritual team, see which spirit guide um, want to help and also call in like their core group of spirit guides to, to support them um, while I'm doing the healing with them. Um, and also, you know, the ancestral spirit guides, they're very important. It could be that, um, you know, there are ancestors that we are working with to support and heal, or it could be the ones who are healed or don't even need healing that come forward and, and support and support us. So connecting people with that kind of way of being or that way of thinking, um, I think it's very, it's very important for this modern world that we live in um at the moment yeah and um in your bio you mentioned that you sat with the plant spirits and you went to a deeper level so what was that experience yeah yeah so plant medicine um I've sat with a couple of times and it's not my main practice and I would also say it's not for everyone and even though I have sat with it I would I would also say it wouldn't be my primary choice of connecting with the spirits or going into the spirit world. Um, but the few times that I've 
sat with it. So the main ones being um, uh, marijuana and then also ayahuasca. I found, and actually it's quite funny because people kind of think, you know, um, marijuana or weed or whatever, people kind of think that it's um, more of a lighter medicine to sit with than ayahuasca. But I found my journey with with that was actually more profound. It's very, well, not even profound, more, I'd actually say more harsh because it's um, a bit more of a rougher teacher. But with the ayahuasca, people called it the grandmother medicine. And um, it definitely is. It's got that grandmother um, nature to it. Although it is the kind of medicine that, I mean, no one would ever want to take it recreationally because it is so intense and you're literally purging out all of your, well, not all of your, but specific things that you're going there for, lessons that you need to learn. Um, so, yeah, I find, I find, I just, yeah, I just wanted to kind of uh, mention that as well because, yeah, it's not, it's not something that I would, um, I would necessarily recommend. You really need to question um, whether that is the right path for you before you sit with it. But the positive thing about it is that uh, sitting with ayahuasca is it's kind of like, um, how can I describe it? It's like a fast track train to the destination that you want to get to. So instead of having like, I don't know, two years of therapy, you can sit with, um, can drink the medicine and in one evening or two evenings you're going to confront those issues that you would have confronted over the two years um, and because of that it means it's, it's great because it means that you um, progress in your life path a bit quicker but it also means that it can be a bit of a shock to the system as well so you can um, afterwards you can feel there's a lot of integration and and that needs to happen afterwards and you can kind of feel a bit like you need to take a bit of time out of your everyday life so that you can um fully understand what the medicine is is teaching you and fully embody your new way of being um some people don't have that i i've met people who sit with ayahuasca every three months i'm the kind of person it would need to be gaps of maybe a year or a couple of years um I, yeah, I wouldn't be able to kind of sit with it so so frequently. But um, you do get to meet uh, certain spirits and you do get to see parts of yourself that you have um, hidden from yourself very easily. And because you are using a plant medicine, it's not something that you can control. So it's very, um, it's happening organically and it's like, you are you're strapped in to a seat and you can't leave that seat you're kind of you're there for the journey you're there for the ride so um yeah it's it's such a beautiful um process though because you know afterwards once you've worked with the medicine you've gone through the massive journey afterwards um just filled with love and you're just filled with openness and awareness um and you, you, you just, it's also kind of connected to elements of yourself that might need healing or that might, there's a process that, you know, might be um, needed to be worked through, but also you're more connected to, to, this, to the earth, to the planet we live on and the planet's needs, the humans who live on this planet, you know, our needs, the animals, the plants, you're very in sync with everything. Um, and I know a person who says that it's very much um, a telepathic medicine. So as humans evolve in the future, we're going to be able to, um, we can kind of do it already. We can read body language. We can, um, yeah, we can kind of uh, connect with people without words. But I think there's a part of us that hides it quite a bit at the moment, but with, um, plant medicines it's much easier to resonate with the people that are in the room with you or um, even if it's like a, a distant healing a person who's distant away that you know you're connected to there's healing that needs to be done with that relationship 
there's a, a telepathic element to it as well. So it, it's very, it's very fascinating. It's um, something that I love doing research on as well. And I just think, I don't know, I feel like maybe, because, you know, we live in the UK, so it's kind of like, I'm hoping that those things are going to become a bit more accessible to people and a bit more regulated so that, you know, if if you want to take that path, then you know that you're going to be able to do it safely and um, you're going to be supported and it's in the right environment um, and that you don't necessarily have to spend so much money traveling to other parts of the world, you know, South America and stuff, North America, to kind of um, to practice it. So. Yeah, I'm I'm hoping. I mean, I'm kind of it seems that we follow trend of what happens in the US. So they're kind of like, um I don't know if they're making things legal, but they're making it actually yeah, I think they are in some states they're making some things legal, like marijuana's become legal in other states and then things like um psilocybin, mushrooms and stuff like that, that's becoming uh, legal in a couple of um the states over there. So I reckon that, you know, other parts of the world, the UK and other parts of the world, we're going to kind of follow that that trend, um, which I think is quite a good thing. Because there's a lot of research that's been um, done in that, in that field at the moment. And so it'd be good to take it seriously um, moving forward, I think. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, um, so I know you're gifted a uh, channel. Is there any message you want to give humanity? <laughs> I know there's always a lot going on in the world, but uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's a big one. I think, um, you know, the last couple of months for me, since probably around April-ish time, my guides have kind of set me on a bit of an assignment. And I think that they're very grateful um, to you, especially for this platform and, being able to um, express their their um, yeah their message because um, this is something that I feel like they yeah they 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 want me to work on but now they're kind of glad that um, they're getting this opportunity to kind of express um, how they what this message is for humanity so like you said there's, there's so much going on in the world. Um, so much change and I mean all ages of of um human existence there's been trauma and there's been conflict and and just crazy stuff happening um but I guess because we're living in this present moment they're focusing on this present moment and they just kind of want us to be as prepared as possible and as grounded as possible so because things are changing so rapidly for example um, you know, with technology, our bodies are not even haven't even caught up to the the speed of the technology that we're surrounding ourselves with. So even say, for example, you know, when you go to to bed at night, you shouldn't really look at your phone. Um, I don't know. I think it's between like midnight and four a.m. or something because of the light that it's bring, giving off. So the technology is speeding ahead faster than. Um, our bodies can kind of process it. So in order for us to um, kind of be able to be comfortable in the coming age, and you know, we've just entered the age of Aquarius um, or we're entering the age of Aquarius and it's a big upheaval. There's a lot of resistance to change from external sources and I feel that a lot of us are um, struggling finding um, sort of like um, how to be comfortable and the comfort for, um, yeah, for what it is that we're about to go into. So the key thing for us at the moment is to really make sure that our nervous system are nurtured and also make sure that we're looking after ourselves and relaxation is a massive thing. So um it's quite good I guess a lot of people still are working from home after the pandemic or doing hybrid working um if they do office jobs for example but the busy kind of um you know four cups of coffee a day that kind of mentality 
is still within our culture, but we need to kind of rein it back a bit. And being busy doesn't mean being successful. Um, they just want us to make sure that we're looking after ourselves um, so that we have a bit more, so that we're feeling a bit more robust for the changes that are happening in the future. Because so many things are um, coming out of the blue. There's so many, I mean, there's always war happening in the world, but there are so many wars being brought to our attention at the moment. And, um, you know, after, for example, things like the pandemic, we had our lockdowns and those were things that were unexpected. We never thought that we'd see those kind of things in our lifetime. That was, you know, back from the dark ages, those kind of things kind of happened. So it's um, a rec recognising that it is a world where um, you need to take self-responsibility for your um, well-being. You need to, you need to um, focus on, uh, yeah, looking after yourself because there will be things externally that might sway you out of your everyday um, life or take you out of sync. So, um, yeah, the nervous system, relaxation, and looking after yourself, discernment, that's a massive thing as well making sure that you're reflecting you're not just there's so much information we live in the world of the, the age of the internet we can search for anything we want we've got the you know when I was growing up the news was on in the morning and then in the evening it wasn't this 24 hour news cycle that we've got so people are constantly bombarded with information um so discernment is very um key at the moment they, yeah, the guides want us to kind of remember that coming back to our true natures and, you know, the I like to call ourselves like the human animal. We forget that we're animals. We forget that we are part of, you know, the ecosystem and we're part of nature and the trees and, and all that kind of stuff. And we need to, technology is amazing and I use it a lot with, with, the, with the stuff. I mean, look at us now, we're not even in the same room. So, you know. And we're able to um, to do this. So it's, you know, it's it, a massive, it's an amazing gift. But we shouldn't really forget who or what we are. And if we are looking to move forward and um, use these new inventions, then we need to also remember to ground ourselves and secure ourselves. Um, so, yeah. I'm just checking in if there's anything else they want to say because I feel like... Um, no, that that's the main that's the main message. Like, not to bombard people with too much. It's just that kind of yeah, making sure that we're nurturing and loving ourselves, grounded. You know, yeah. Thank you. So, um, for the audience, you've got a nice meditation process to relax the nervous system that you yeah have to share. Yeah, so um, I don't know, this might just go for about 10, 10 minutes. Um, something that's really important um, that would be very good for a lot of people to, to practice is actually this, um, another message is coming through. This is for a specific group of people, but it's a big group. So there's a lot of um, people who could benefit from doing breath work. Now, I don't, I don't, I practice breath work, but I don't, um, teach it or anything so um that's not the practice I'm going to do now but I just wanted to say breath work is very um is a very very good tool for a lot of us to have so that would be worthwhile for a lot of people to invest time in or look into um but what I'm going to do today is just um a yoga nidra practice and this is something uh, you mentioned that I've been doing yoga um since I was um, in my late teens, since I was about 18, I've been practicing yoga. And yoga nidra is something that, that um, I've picked up along the way. And it's a re relaxation technique um, that's very good for calming the nervous system and um, just grounding us. So I thought I'd share that with everyone today. So, okay. So for this practice, you can either lie down or and be seated um it's very important that you have your back straight 
uh, what you're doing is practice. Uh, so, and that you're very comfortable as well in making yourself um, as comfortable as possible. So, if you need to get a blanket or if you need to open a window to pull yourself down, um, just make sure that you are in a position that is comfortable for you. Um, if you're feeling quite tired, then sitting up is probably better. Um, with this practice, because it's so relaxing, sometimes you can fall asleep, so probably better not to lie down if you're feeling quite tired. And then once you've made yourself comfortable, you should take three deep breaths. So you can take a deep breath in, first deep breath in, and then take a long deep breath out. And then you can take the other two breaths at your own pace. And while you're taking those breaths, if you can just think of um, a sankalpa. And a sankalpa is a Sanskrit word for an intention. So for this practice, what would you like to gain from this practice? What would you like to benefit from this practice. It could be anything from just feeling peaceful and relaxed or it could be that you've got a job interview tomorrow and you wish to succeed in that. Uh, so just have a little bit of a think of what you might like to set your intention for for this practice. Okay. And then before we begin, just check in that you're nice and comfortable and while I'm going through the practice with you, if you stay as still as possible to gain the benefit, then make sure that you're in a nice, comfortable position. Okay, so we'll begin. So draw your attention to your right hand thumb, the first finger, the middle finger, the ring finger, the little finger, the right hand and palm, the back of the hand, the right wrist, the right lower arm, the right elbow, the right upper arm, and the right shoulder. The right hand side, the right hip, the top of the back, the top of the right thigh, and the back of the right thigh, the right knee, the shin, the calf muscle, the ankle, the top of the right foot, the bottom of the right foot, the big toe, second toe, Third toe, fourth toe, and fifth toe. The whole of the right hand side of the body all together. The left hand thumb, the first finger, the middle finger the left ring finger, the left little finger, the palm of the hand and the back of the hand, the left wrist, the lower arm and the elbow, the upper arm and the left shoulder the left side of the body, the left hip, the top of the left thigh, the back of the left thigh, the knee, the shin, the left calf's muscle, the left big toe, the second tone, 
third toe, fourth toe, and the fifth toe. The whole of the left-hand side of the body all together. The abdomen, the chest, the back, the lower back and the upper back. The hot all of the torso all together. The forehead. The right eyebrow. The left eyebrow, the right eye, the left eye, your ears, your nose, the upper lip, and the lower lip, your tongue, and the muscles inside the mouth, your jaw. The right eyebrow, the left eyebrow, the right eye and the left eye, the nose, the ears, the upper lip and the lower lip, the tongue and the muscles inside the mouth and the jaw, the whole of the face and head all together. The whole of the front of the body all together. The whole of the back of the body all together. The whole of the right-hand side of the body together. And the whole of the left-hand side of the body all together. The whole body relaxing all together. So as we bring this relaxation process to an end, I'd like you to remember the Sankalpa, the intention that you set at the beginning and just reflect on this. Nothing to do but just reflect on the word. And then to bring ourselves out of the practice, take three deep breaths. Open our eyes slowly, wiggling the fingers, starting to move the shoulders, starting to move the rest of the body. So wiggle the hip, wiggle the legs, the toes, the feet. And as you continue to take the deep breath, slowly coming back into the room and to end the practice. So beautiful. So, you could feel all the energy of relaxation just relaxing. Yeah, and you can, it's a very easy practice. You can do it for yourself without someone guiding you through it. Um, and you can do it a bit slower as well if you feel like, you know, you don't want to, if you, if you just have 10 minutes to kind of um, get some relaxation in, then it's good to do it at that pace. But 
it's much more beneficial if you if you do it a bit slower. Maybe take <clears throat> half an hour, um, and then also you can repeat the cycle as well. You can go around the body twice before um, coming out of it. But yeah, it's very handy if you can't sleep at night as well. That's something that you can just when you're lying in bed, you can just quickly go through the uh, different parts of the body and run out then um that will should help you encourage you to kind of go to sleep and yeah it's very good for the nervous system and it encourages you to slow the breath down as well and to take deeper breath so that's something that um yeah we should be practicing taking those deeper breath right into the belly (laughs) yeah beautiful thank you so um so why do you feel it's important for a, a, a spiritual person to be part of a community? Yeah. It's, I mean, community for me is like, is everything. Like, um, you know, I was talking about as humans, we're like the human animal. And I think sometimes, um, I've mentioned it a couple of times in this podcast, like in this modern age, we kind of forget our animalistic need and part of being human is to be connected with like-minded people who are nurturing and supporting and loving towards us um and and, you know back in the day we might have got that from being in you know living smaller villages or living in tribes and things like that um staying around our family for longer living within the family unit a bit longer um so in a in a sense we have to kind of create that in our in our modern world now we have to kind of bring make a conscious effort to find community so um it could be it could be for anything it could be you know um it could be religious it could be spiritual it could be you know finding a group to practice uh, shamanism together finding um you know if you're if you're religious joining a church or something like that um but it could also be just something you know if you enjoy the outdoors finding a walking group and just hanging out with those people and and um, making sure you're spending time in nature and going out for walks just doing things that you love um and I feel like the guides are saying that it's very important at the moment because we've come so far away from community we don't really live in a community kind of um community-based kind of world anymore we kind of everyone's kind of individualized and there's a lot of um uh, you know everything goes in cycles and part of my sort of generation was um the generation of focusing on making yourself better and <clears throat> progressing personally and now we're kind of coming back into a cycle where it's about the unit and it's about the group and the community developing better world and a better space for um the many rather than just the individual so um there are also a lot of people at the moment who are dealing with um not feeling like they can be authentic around the people that they currently for example in the office in the workplace um even within the family and there are a lot of people who are actually feeling quite lonely at the moment um and it's it kind of a bit of an ironic situation because there are many people who are feeling lonely. So it's all about um, uniting those people, but understanding that it's not necessarily something that that comes organically. It is something that we have to work on at the moment, developing the community. So for me, for example, I've got my Buddhist practice. So I, um, I have yeah, I have my sangha. I've got my group of people that I practice the Buddhism with. And then, um, you know, I've got my shamanic peers as well, people that I've studied with, or um, there's sort of like a prayer circle, that, a shamanic a prayer circle that I go to as well. So just having those kind of communities um, encourages uh, health and then it stops us from creating sort of like negative coping hab- habits. So, you know, it could be um, fast food, smoking, 
um, could be, you know, alcohol, things like that, that people use as like quick fixes or even um, sort of over-medicating stuff like that as well. So making sure that you're <clears throat> nurturing yourself um, through the community is something that's going to be good for spiritual health, mental health, physical, everything. It's, it's just, it's really, yeah, it's just kind of a key thing at the moment. Um, it will start to come to us naturally, but at the moment it's something we have to fortify and build. Um, so that's why I kind of say like the work that I do, I really do say it's very much community-based. That's a community service. Um, and that's what my intention is for the future, bringing people together and creating a space that people can uh, find comfort in, um, you know, when they practice with me or when they have treatments for me and stuff like that. So, um, yeah, community is massive <laughs> for me. It's something, you know. Like really important. Yeah. So Nanette, thank you for all this wonderful information that you've shared. Um, I just wondered, um, how can people contact you and what sort of services do you offer? So people can contact me at my website, which is just nanettesandyford.com, or my Instagram, which is just at Nanette Sandyford. So um easy to remember. And the practices or the services that I provide, my main service is um, shamanic healing, and that's a crystal board. I do a lot of the ancestral healing, soul retrieval, connecting people with their spirit animals, spirit guides, if they don't feel like they necessarily know where to start or know who they could be. Um, I've also, because my background is also in um, uh, shiatsu and reiki, and traditional Chinese medicine as well. So I combine all of those things and I do energy healing also. Um, and then just things like this yoga nidra that um, we just we just kind of walk through as well. I I incorporate that into my into my practice. So yeah, those are the those are the services that I'm that I'm providing for everyone. And whether it's in person or virtual. So yeah, that's me. Well, I know you've got a strong connection with energy in your guide, so uh, I um, yeah. highly recommend people contact you. <laughs> so is, there anything you. Else, yeah. is there anything else you'd like to say before we uh, finish the meeting? Anything else you want to share with the audience? I don't think so. I feel, yeah, I mean, for me, it was really important to get the message of the guides across, and I feel like... Um, that message has been shared and um, so I don't really have much more but I'm just really grateful for um this platform and this work that you're doing as well like it's amazing just to kind of um start spreading the word and kind of um yeah supporting people in doing this work so me and the guys we're saying thank you and very really grateful for anything that you're kind of yeah working on at the moment <laughs> Yeah, I'm grateful for the lovely souls that are doing amazing things on the planet. And it's great to have this opportunity to share them with the world even more. So thank you very much, Nanette. Thank you, Anthea. <laughs>